Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. It's still an exciting day here on the podcast as we continue on with these genealogies. Buckle up. It's going to be fun. Oh, just kidding. We are picking up around Genesis 10.5. We talked about the idea of Gentiles and that name comes from heathen and this is so sad, and we talked about how, how quickly the people that were descendants of folks in the family that was in the flood, spared in the flood, rejected God and turned from God. We're going to look at a famous one here today, but how quickly they turned away. But I failed to mention when it talked about in verse 5, but these were the isles of the Gentiles. So the name right before that, Dodanim, that is Rhodes. So Rhodes is an island, and that man is the one who settled there, and I failed to mention that. So then we come to verse 6, and it talks about the sons of Ham. Ham's descendants, a lot of them were not good. Ham was not a good man and didn't uh, do what was right, and a lot of his descendants are not good. There's plenty that are fine. There's not a problem with them. We're going to see later uh, there's descendants of Cush that Moses was involved with because he married a daughter of Cush. So when I say good, not a descendant of Cush, not a direct daughter, but Canaan was cursed, and we will talk about that. But in verse 6, it talks about the sons of Ham, Cush, Mizram, and I would say Put, Put, something like that, and Canaan. The, and the sons of Cush, here we're going to talk about the sons of Cush, but before we do that, I wanted to explain the name Cush means black. The actual word mean, means black. So we have to remember that from Noah's sons, the whole earth was populated. So the different colors of skins were represented in his sons. And so Ham's wife had a baby, and very, very dark-skinned baby comes out, and they name him Cush because that's what it means, black. And that is how he got that name. And we're going to see where they settled. It makes sense because that's where the African people came from, Cush, not Canaan. Remember, again, Ham was not the one cursed. Canaan was cursed. It was not black people of Africa that were cursed. That is a false doctrine. So it says the sons of Ham, Cush, Mizram, Put, Canaan. So first we see Cush. This idea here is um, also Ethiopia, that sometimes it can will be used interchangeably, Cush and Ethiopia. And so the Bible uses the name Ethiopia for the area south of Egypt. So we're going to see as we look at this group, that they inhabited a certain area, south, a lot of African continent, but also Saudi Arabia, and there in 
the land above it where Israel is now. Canaan actually lived there. So Ethiopians actually lived in Saudi Arabia, like down in Yemen area also. And if you look at a map, I mean, Yemen is just a short boat ride across. And again, if there was a time where, you know, 100 years where there was an ice age where everything, a lot of things were frozen, the ocean levels were down, you could just walk right across there, possibly. I'm just, that's just surmising. But that area was inhabited by the Ethiopians. Then there's Mizram. This is synonymous with Egypt. Mizram, I don't know if you say Mizraim or something like that. But Egypt is Africa. It was funny. I had a friend one time who went to Egypt, and her husband said, boy, oh boy, this is the first time I've been in Africa. This is exciting. And and she wasn't thinking, and she was laughing, and she was like, oh, honey, you think you're in Africa? This is so funny. We're in Egypt, not Africa. And her husband said, Egypt is in Africa. But, you know, all joking aside, honestly, as a kid, when I heard the stories of Egypt, I didn't put Egypt down in Africa because a lot of Egypt, uh, mentions of Egypt are in the Bible. There's a lot of them. And I didn't place it down there either. Now I knew when I got older, this is a funny story, you know, as an older person not to associate that. But really, a lot of times we don't think of that. And yet Egypt is on the African continent very, very much. And this Mizram is the ones that settled in Egypt. It's also called, Egypt's also called Mezor or Mezraim. It, it, it's similar words, and you'll see that in the Bible. So put or foot, foot is northern Africa, like Libya, that area there. It's northern Africa. That's the, where they settled. And, of course, we know the Canaanites, Canaan, stayed in the Palestinian area. We're going to get more details, not just the Palestinian area, but we're going to get more details of where they were at as it explains their descendants here in just a little bit. So verse uh, 8 Cush begat Nimrod. Now, Nimrod is an important person to study as far as understanding where false doctrines and false religions come from. And that's why here, right in the middle of this genealogy, why would they be talking about Nimrod more? Like, all these other ones. I mean, you think, the guy that went to Egypt settled all of Egypt, and there's not a whole conversation here about Mizraim. Here, there's a whole few sentences here about Nimrod. It says, he was a mighty hunter before the Lord, wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, Akkad, Kala, in the land of Shinar. So what's important is Babel. First, before I get into that, I wanted to explain the idea, the, even as it said. So there was a proverb, proverb, even during the time of Moses, that would call somebody that was a good hunter, oh, he's a Nimrod. Like that was, you know, that meant you were a good hunter if you said that. So what people have, who have studied history have found out that he was a very good hunter. Obviously, the Bible's true. And we know that animals became fierce 
they they were attacking men now to protect themselves because God had established that they could be eaten. And so Nimrod became a mighty hunter. This idea before the Lord, it wasn't that he was hunting for the Lord. God could see what he was doing is the idea. It was like before the face of the Lord. And he became so renowned. And remember when men become renowned before men and not before God, problems happen. So I'm going to tell you some of the history, and it will help you to understand the idea when the Bible talks about the mystery of Babylon. Babylon came from Babel. So that was the beginning of Babylon, the, the city of Babylon. So Nimrod's mother was, I'm not going to say it right, Samariah Miss or something like that. She was actually later called the Queen of Heaven and was worshipped. And she claimed that Nimrod was born while she was a virgin. Now, I want you to think about the, the claims that were made, and I want you to think about Genesis 3 at the same time. So she claimed Nimrod was born while she was a virgin, and he became very mighty because of the, the special hand of God that was upon him. And so he's a great man with the bow. People are looking up to him. And he claimed that one day while he was hunting boar, a wild boar turned on him and gored him. And supposedly, obviously we know this is not true, but he claimed he was dead for three days lying in the woods. And then after three days, his life returned. And so his people, he comes back from this hunting expedition where he's uplifted. He's Nimrod. He's a mighty hunter before the Lord. He comes back and he claims, I was dead for three days. So they started celebrating this event. Now, what, what's the point here? The devil always has a substitute. And when we think of Genesis what happened there is God said that one day a virgin son was going to bruise the head of the snake. They all know this. Remember, Nimrod's grandpa was on the ark. All right, I would totally think he knew firsthand stories about the ark. Think about what you know from your grandpa. You know firsthand stories. So Nimrod's grandpa is on the ark. He knows these things that were passed down from Adam, and he becomes high and mighty, and all of a sudden, now, he claims that he is the one that's going to bruise the Satan, uh, uh, the head of Satan. You, you see what, how it's a counterfeit. The devil always has counterfeit. So the worship of his mother, the queen of heaven, is Satan's counterfeit to what God intended now, I believe God has a wonderful plan for everybody, and they choose to go away. So that Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the Lord, God was, was not upset with the, the hunting. But what's horrible is what happens through pride. And we know Satan fell from heaven because of pride. Right here, there's this beginnings of terrible false religion that is a counterfeit to God's true religion and true faith and understanding God. 
there's counterfeit here. And that's what the devil all the, all the time does. He doesn't come out and say, oh, this is black, this is bad, now follow that. No, he has a, a, something that looks good. It looks right here. Oh, he's a mighty hunter. He's a good man. And oh, his mother had him of a virgin. Amazing. And then he died and he rose, rose again after three days. That's what the devil does. He has a counterfeit. Whatever God has that's good, the devil has a counterfeit. And God hates it. He hates that. And we need to always uh, preach against it, fight against it, do whatever against Satan's counterfeits. But it's interesting that this comes, this is where it starts. And that's that idea. As I was studying it, I'm like, ah, you know, you hear this is the mystery of Babylon. God knows that this whole system here, all false religions are based on money and greed and power and running people over. God hates it. And that's why someday it this is going to be judged. Well, this happened right here. We're going to get into the story of Babel. And this is one of the aspects that a lot of times people don't realize is that is where that started here with Nimrod. And so that's why in verse 10, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. So today, when you're thinking about your life, Look at things that are counterfeit, that, that the devil makes counterfeit. God has a wonderful right way, but the devil is, as an angel of light, has a counterfeit. And we have to be super careful about not falling for the tricks of the devil and the counterfeits of the devil. Heavenly Father, help us to be vigilant today. Nimrod could have been a mighty man before you, but in pride he up, lifted himself up to be the one, the Messiah, that's going to now lead the world. And it's just terrible how many people have been deceived throughout history by false religions. And here's where it started after Noah, and very shortly there after Noah. And Lord, help us to be diligent today and be looking in our lives, seeing where the devil has counterfeits for us, and help us to reject that and seek only you. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.